Good morning. Good morning. Great to see you. Glad that you're here. We had a great first service. Thanks again to those of you watching online. Great to see you and welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, people often ask me about my uh, travel schedule and coming and going from Graham and Ann. And this week was a little different. Every week's different, but this week I came back on Thursday. And then uh, 6.30 Friday morning, loaded up the staff into my van and hauled them off to Graham and Ann. And we did a staff retreat over there. And uh, we hiked and we ate and we ate like fools and we ate some more. And uh, we laughed our heads off and uh, all, that, all that good stuff. And we had some good time dreaming and planning and talking about the church. And God was with us. And we got home about 7 o'clock last night. And I'm worn out. I'm not, I'm not a kid anymore. I can't run with those guys. And uh, they, they tuckered me right out. But I am glad to be here. Are you, you glad to be here? Four of you. That's good. Okay, we start off a brand new series today called Grow. And I'm genuinely excited for each one of you. I really, truly am. I've been excited about this, and I've been thinking about you and praying for you, and I hope you brought your seatbelts and your chin straps. Uh, buckle up. You're going to need it. Uh, it's going to be a ride, and I don't know how long this series is going to be. We might just stay in the Grow series until Jesus returns. Uh, we might do that. I don't know, but I hope that you find this morning to be encouraging. I hope you leave here. I think first service left here this morning, kind of kind of pumped up and encouraged, and I hope you do as well. Um, don't allow the enemy to choke you with, with weeds. Not weed, but with weeds. <laughs> don't allow the enemy to do that. Spiritual growth is a spiritual battle. If it was easy, we wouldn't need to talk about it. It's a spiritual battle. And as you engage in this this morning and you, as you agree and think, yeah, man, I want that to be true in my life, you are going to be in a battle and you need to know that and you need to tell the enemy uh, to get lost and you've, you've got to keep battling. So be prepared for that. Spiritual growth should be normal. Anything else is weird. Like if you're not growing, that, that's, that's not normal. Um, God preloaded you and packed you with the potential for growth. And if you're not growing spiritually, something is wrong. I brought a stick. Hold on. Okay. Do you have one of these in your house? Did you have one of these, a growth stick, where you can measure the growth of your, of your kids? Ours is a stick because we move so much. We had to stop writing it on on you know, permanent places in the house because we, we kept moving, so we got a stick. We got a grow stick. Yes? Good morning. Welcome to second service at Crosspoint. <laughs> the first service is so responsive. Like anything I say, yeah, rah! And uh, are, you, are you, you okay? You here? Did, did any of you have one of these in your homes? Oh, no, okay, thank you. All right. At least that's a response. I'll take any response at this point. So when you see a gap here, that's a growth spurt, right? It's like, whoa, look at you. You were here, and you went there. Our youngest daughter, Autumn, um, she's, she outgrew the stick. Like, she's up here somewhere. Our oldest daughter, <laughs> Hope stopped right about here. That's it. Whoop, capped out. Uh, vertically challenged, but, but beautiful all the same, and we love her. Um, this way down here, we have a nine-year-old dog named Nala. She's Border Collie Malamute. Um, and this is Nala's butt. 
Right here, it says Nala's butt, May 2017. Uh, way down here, this is Satan's cat. <laughs> Honestly, if Satan had a cat, that's Satan's cat, way down there. And, um, but, but seriously and, and literally, not metaphorically or rhetorically, but, but really, truly, you need a growth stick of some sort for this series. You either need to journal it, you need to put it in your phone. If you're not ready to do that right now, you need to make a reminder, put your watch on the other hand, move a ring or something, remind yourself when you get home today, you've got to um, journal this or, or measure this some way, Okay. Um, you need to know, first thing you need to know is where you are now, spiritually speaking. What would you say is true about your spiritual life? Like, get a base point. This is where I am right now. Be honest with yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. But be honest with yourself and, and, and start there. The second point is, um, what are the areas that I I think I need to grow in, or I would like to grow in. What are those areas? Could be one thing, could be two things, could be a million things, but you just start writing. Where am I now? What are the areas where I think I need to grow? And some of those things will be revealed as we continue in the series. You might not know right now, that's okay. And then the third way is what, are, what is my next step or what are my next steps? What am I gonna do about this? And that'll become more and more clear even by the end of this sermon. So you need a growth stick of some sort. Where am I now? What, how would I like to grow? Maybe you need to pray about that and just spend some time with the Lord about that. And then thirdly, what am I going to do? Um, so you can't do the same things and expect different results. Like if you're not satisfied with where you are spiritually, you can't say, well, I'm just gonna keep doing what I've been doing and expect different results. Something has to change. And, um, and so where am I now? How would I like to grow? What are my next steps? And our anchor text for this series is Colossians 2, verses six and seven. Now, if you haven't been studying your Bible and you need a place to start, I would send you to the book of Colossians. This is Phenomenal, phenomenal book. Um, just read two or three verses at a time. Don't read the whole thing. Um, just slow down. Read a few verses and stop. Be quiet and pray. Read them over and over and over, just a couple of verses, and just let the Lord reveal um, to you his, his truth. But uh, this book, Colossians, Paul, written by Paul, he's in prison somewhere. We don't know exactly where. We expect that he is in jail in Rome. He's never been to Colossae. So this is a letter written by Paul to a church in Colossae is the city. That's the place. And so we call it the book of Colossians. So Paul doesn't know these people. He's never met them. But he has a friend, Epaphras, who planted the church in Colossae. And Epaph has been running back and forth from Colossae to wherever Paul is. And he's been giving him reports on how his his new church is doing in Colossae. And Paul writes this letter and gives it to his friend Epaphras and says, take this back and read this in a letter of encouragement to them, and we call it the book of Colossians, okay? So that's the, that's the basic uh, setup for where we are. So it's Colossians 2, verse 6, where Paul says, new believers, brand new church. And he says to them, and now... Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue. Doesn't that sound like growth? 
But don't stop there. Don't get stuck there. You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. <laughs> what an awesome, awesome text. But what really adds the hot sauce to this text is when you, when you understand the context of what these people were going through, what their, what their pressures were, they, they were a brand new church, they were all new believers, um, they had all chosen to follow Jesus, even if it cost them their very lives. Um, <clears throat> and there were two main pressures that were facing this young church in Colossae. One pressure was from the old church. One pressure was from the Pharisees and the, the teachers of the law and the temple rules and all the rituals. And they're saying, okay, you've got this new thing in Jesus, but, but, but what about this stuff over here? Maybe we can mix some of this stuff, some of this stuff in. But then another pressure was from over here, and it was from totally outside the church. And it was all the, the pagan worshipers, the idol worshipers, Greek gods and Roman gods and all that sort of stuff. And people were saying, okay, you've got this new thing in Jesus, but you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to totally walk away from this stuff. You don't have to leave all this stuff behind. Like maybe there's a way where we can just kind of mix this stuff all together. And so there were these pressures from, from outside. And does this sound familiar? Pressure number one from the old way of doing church. You know, hey, we always did it this way. Um, why do we have to do it that way? And then pressure from outside the church, from the, from the culture around them. And what Paul does in this letter, and he does, it, he does it often in all of his letters, really, is he just keeps beating this drum that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Jesus is all you need. You don't need this stuff over here and you don't need this stuff over there. And the way that you followed him, you came to him and you believed in the cross and you believed in the resurrection and that's all you need and you just put your blinders on and you just stay focused on Jesus. Jesus is all that you need. He's so much more. And if we can grasp in this series you know, whatever it ends. But, but in this series, as we're talking about this, if we can grasp how beautiful Jesus is, if we can get this deeply rooted into our lives, we will not pull, be pulled away um, by, by anything. Nothing will be able to uproot us. The pressures of life will not be able to uproot us. So there are four grow-ops in this, in this text. Now, you know when I say grow-op that I don't mean a place where you grow stuff, right? I'm using OPS, O-P-S, as a, an abbreviation for opportunities. There are four grow-ups, the four, G, four Gs of spiritual growth. So again, write this down. If, get this, if, watch this later um, when, we, when we post the service online. But you've got to get this. Write it. If you have a pen, write it on your arm or write it on someone else's arm. Here it is. From Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7, Paul says, grow down, get your roots down deep, grow up, let your lives be built on, grow strong, let your faith grow strong, and then grow out, be, be just overflowing with thankfulness. So it's grow down, grow up, grow strong, grow out, grow down, grow up, grow strong, grow out, grow down, grow, grow strong. Grow, 
Those are the four G's of spiritual growth from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. This should be true for every believer. You should be growing down. You should be growing up. You should be growing stronger, and you should be growing outward with your, with your thankfulness for, for the Lord. Paul knows this to be true. He's writing this because this can be or should be true in the life of every believer. Anything else is weird. This is not stuff for, for a chosen few who just happen to be gurus or reach uh, a level of spiritual echelon that the rest of us uh, you know, will never, ever reach. That's not true. This is for the average, ordinary this is for us. This is for all of us. And it's for the new believers in Colossae, and it's for the old believers in Marysville and everyone in between. This is the eternal word of God. Growth is normal. Everything else is weird. Growth is normal. Growth is normal. Everything else is weird. If you are stuck this morning, if your spiritual life is just plain stuck, if you are dead, if you are asleep, if you are apathetic, if you are overchurched, if you are educated beyond your obedience, if you are just plain numb to it all, like this is just hitting you and you're like, oh, you know, it's just numb to it. It is time to get your grow in gear. I'm going to say that again. Back that up. If you are stuck, if you are asleep, dead, apathetic, overchurched, educated beyond your obedience, just plain numb to it all, it's time to get your grow in gear. Following Jesus is not just a decision that you make. It's a lifestyle that you choose. Now, your growing season, right? We talk about growing seasons in New Brunswick, and we obviously are just coming out of one, and we're going to go into a long season of death. <laughs> that I'm really excited about, you can tell. Really looking forward to driving up from Graham and Ann in the middle of February. But as a believer, your growing season is from the point of salvation when you accepted Christ Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior and death. As long as you are breathing, if you're breathing, you should be growing. You can stop growing when you die. All right? Now, the reasons for growth are many. You maybe have been wondering, why, why would I even want to do this? Is this necessary? Why can't I just drift my way into heaven? Do I need to pursue this, like, actively, or is it something that just happens? In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You should, you should want more of this. You should be hungry for more of Jesus and thirsty for more. And if you're not this morning, like, you, you should be alarmed by that. You should be, what is wrong with me? If I don't want more of Jesus in my life, if I've just been numb to it or I've forgotten about it or I've been asleep or stuck or whatever, it is time to, uh, to wake up. The heart of Jesus' teaching in his ministry is that believing in him and following him will transform your life so radically, ongoing, like not just at the point of salvation, but that your life will, will be transformed so radically that even a small group of Jesus followers can change the world. 
That was, that was the heart of it. That if, if a small group of people would just surrender their lives to him and listen and follow him with their whole lives, they'd be so radically changed that the rest of the world would, would notice and see and say, what has gotten in to those people? Look at the way that they love others. Look at the way that they serve. Look at the way that they forgive. And it would just be mind-blowing. And people would say, what has gotten into you? And you would say, Jesus. And that should be true for every group of, of followers of Jesus, that we would be transformed. So if that is true, and I believe that it is, there's a res- we have a responsibility in this. We have a responsibility to, to keep growing. In other words, just it makes sense. Good things happen when the followers of Jesus grow. Bad things happen when the followers of Jesus just, you know, whatever. They just get stuck or dead or numb. There's a responsibility. The world needs, the world needs, Fredericton needs, your community needs, your home needs, the world needs the followers of Jesus to keep growing. And that, that responsibility needs to, needs to burn hot in you. I'm not with you all the time. I can't, I can't you know, I, I would scare you to death if you woke up in the morning and I was there and said, keep growing. <laughs> keep growing. You know, you walk into the bathroom. There's Pastor Tim. Keep growing. Like this, this needs to be your responsibility. It is on me. I've got, I've, I've, I want more of Jesus. I want to hunger and thirst. And Lord, help me to be more like you. Your worst decisions did not happen at a time of great spiritual growth. Like your worst decisions happened when you were drifting and you weren't where you were supposed to be and, and you were not dialed into to Christ. Jesus taught about Trees that stopped growing or stopped bearing fruit. And he said, pull them up, burn them. They're useless. And we're going to talk later in this series about the produce that God wants to produce in every believer's life. As you grow, there should be good things coming out of you. In verse 6, Paul says, Go back. Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Paul says, go back and remember. How did you come to follow him? What was true in those those moments? And I invite you this morning, this is not rhetorical, I invite you right now to think about when you decided to follow Jesus. What was... What were the conditions? What was happening in those moments? What do you remember? What, what was it about your decision to follow Jesus? What did you know to be true? What were you believing to be true in those moments? Um, I'm, I, I kind of generalize a little bit here, but um, I'm guessing that you didn't accept Jesus as a religion. Like, like no one was inviting you to to join a religion, or I hope that they weren't. Jesus didn't even come to start a religion. He came to start something that wasn't, that, that, that was so different from religion. So he didn't come to start a religion. And I hope that you weren't like, man, I'm so excited to be, be you know, starting a religion. That, that probably wasn't it. You didn't accept him as some occasional hobby that you'll, um, that you'll do from time to time. You know, you didn't accept him as some 
thing that you'll just kind of, you know, sprinkle a little bit of Jesus into your life here and there. Um, you didn't accept him as a, uh, a break glass in case of emergency, you know. And I've, I've just kind of, I've got this Jesus thing over here that I'll, I'll use when I need or I'll call on him when I need him. Paul says, go back and remember how you accepted him as Christ, the Lord of your life. It's right there in verse six. Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you accepted him as your Lord. I hope that you said something along the lines of, Jesus, here's my life. Would you come into my life? Would you lead me and I'll follow? Uh, would you forgive me of any, any, any wrong? You confessed your sin, repent. It's good. Repent of anything wrong, and, 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 and you receive his grace and his love and his forgiveness. I hope that that's the way that you came. And, and you got out of the driver's seat of your life, and you said, Jesus, you lead, and I will follow you. Um, I'm going to change the wording just a little bit in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. I think, I think I'm okay on this. But what if we said, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your gardener in this grow series. And let me explain with John chapter 15, <clears throat> verse 1. Jesus says, <clears throat> excuse me, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You ever been pruned by God? You know, you're like, that hurt. <laughs> okay, that hurt. But something, and Jesus says, okay, something good is going to come out of this. I need to prune. <clears throat> and the scripture continues. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Like your worst decisions happened when you, weren't, when you didn't remain in Jesus. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to the Father. This um, imagery is throughout Scripture really starts in Genesis this idea of being rooted and, and grafted in and the condition of our, our soil and, and water and bearing fruit and all that and all that stuff throughout Scripture, those, those, those metaphors. And Paul reminds the good people of Colossae to go back to, go back to when you started to follow Jesus and continue to follow him with that same amount of, of wonder and trust 
and joy and surrender and abandon and awe. Just go back. Remember the way that you came to Jesus. The way that you started with him is the way that you continue with him. It's the way that you follow him. And unfortunately, too often, we have this wonderful salvation experience. And then life happens, and we don't, we don't live with Jesus the way that we came to Jesus. And Paul says, go back and start over again and follow him the way that you came to him. But wait, there's more. It gets even more betterer. That word um, accepted, verse 6, just as you accepted, uh, it's a Greek word, paralambano, paralambano. And it's used by Paul usually to describe when you receive the teaching, like the reading of God's word, or, or you understand the teaching of Jesus. But in this context, Paul is, it, the, the word accepted or received, he's literally talking about you getting Jesus literally inside your body. Like when we say um, inviting Jesus to come into your life, what we really mean is inviting Jesus to come into your life. Like when you receive the Holy Spirit, we mean like, like literally receiving that you have the presence of God in you. And that's, man, gang, why should you not be growing if you've got the presence of God in you? If you've got the resurrection power of Jesus Christ living inside you, good things should be coming out of you. In staff meeting a week or so ago, Kenzie, our pastor of youth and young adults, he called this miracle grow. Miracle grow. It's a miracle. I mean, do you remember what your garden looked like before Jesus got a hold of it? Right? It was a mess, probably, and you couldn't tell the weeds from the, from the, from the produce, and things were being choked off, and there were thorns and bugs and stones, and you tried planting some things, and then the stones from your past would crowd it out and kill it off, and you planted some dreams and thorns of defeat and discouragement and tangled those dreams and held them back, and your soil was shallow, and you didn't have much hope, and when you believed in Jesus, and when the gardener came into your life, bam, just like miracle grow, everything started to change and good things started to come out of your life and you got some love in your garden and you got some hope and you got some joy and you experienced forgiveness and the grace of God and you let go of some things and some chains started to fall and some shackles started to fall from your life and the old you started to, it was dying off and was being buried and the new you started to grow and Paul says the way that you came to Jesus is the way that you continue, continue on. Now, if this is true, and I believe it is, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, then you have in you right now everything you need for abundant, exponential growth. You've, if you've got Jesus in you, you've got a good start. You're, you're ready to grow. You are unstoppable. And Paul says, Continue in that. Continue. Stay planted. Stay rooted in Jesus. Continue in him. Okay, verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built up on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. That's the grow out. Grow down. Grow up. Grow strong. Grow out. You see it now? 
Grow down, let your roots grow up, be built on him. Grow strong, let your faith grow strong. And then grow out with, with thankfulness. Um, in that little word, let, Paul says to the church in Colossae, that little word, let, L-E-T, means that I have a decision to make. It's my decision. Am I going to let this happen in my life? You can resist the work of God in your life, or you can invite the work of God in your life. And that word, little word, let, means you have a choice to make right now in this service right now. You've heard sermons like this before, and you did not let the Holy Spirit do the work that he wanted to do in your life. And before you leave here in the next few minutes, you have to decide, am I going to let God do the work that God wants to do in my life? You get to choose. Do you want to be a pumpkin or an oak tree? You want to be a squash, a zucchini? You know, I mean, you can grow a zucchini on pavement in about two weeks, right? What do you want to be? Or do you want your roots to grow down deep so when the storms of life come and the pressures of life come, that you are deeply rooted in Jesus and good things are coming out of your life and you're bearing fruit for Jesus? If you ever hear a Christian say, and this, when people leave the church, we often hear this one, well, I just wasn't growing. Slap them in the head. I mean, lovingly, for Jesus. You know, there, there's a, you have a responsibility to grow. Like, you're, the, the responsibility for your spiritual growth is not all on me, Right? You're not going to stand before Christ someday and say, well, Pastor Tim, he didn't do this. And Crosspoint, they didn't do that. And so that's the way, you know, I'm, no, 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 no. Like you have a personal responsibility for your spiritual growth. Um, it's not like we're, you know, come in every Sunday and we're going to put a bib on you and put you in a high chair and spoon feed you and give you a bottle. And, and then if you're not getting fed, you leave and then, well, I just wasn't well, getting fed, you know. I can't make your decisions for you. You have to decide for yourself, am I going to let my roots grow down deep into Jesus and maybe you need to start by removing some things in your life that are, that are blocking the growth. We're going to talk about that uh, a little bit tonight, I think, at, at, at uh, my group, a conversation on anxiety. Maybe you need to remove some things. If you are too busy for Jesus, you are too busy. Like if you're thinking right now, I just can't fit one more thing into my life. I don't have, I, I'd like to grow, Pastor Tim, but I just, it's, it's, it's not a good time for me. Think about that. If you're too busy, you're too busy. Turn off some of the noise in your life. Turn down the volume of your life. Make room and time and space for Jesus and stay in this. It's not going to happen, you know, in a few minutes. It takes time. Um, like a deer panting for the water, hunger and thirst for these things. Get rid of crap. <laughs> Get rid of it and junk and noise and filth and turn your eyes upon Jesus. When you think about some of the things that we allow into our minds and our eyes and our lives in the run of a week, it's no wonder we can't grow. Yes? 
I mean, it's no wonder with some of the stuff that we, that we take in. Man, just turn down some of that stuff. Have less of that stuff. Cut it off. Do whatever you got to do. We'll talk more in this series about specific steps and disciplines that, that you can do. And we'll provide, Crosspoint will provide some opportunities for growth to help you. But, but right now, don't think, okay, well, then I'll, I'll wait until, you know, someone until there's more instructions. No, like right now, right now, get a holy discontent. Don't be satisfied for where you are. Let your lives be deeply rooted in him. Deep roots take time. Deep roots take time. Following Jesus, I could describe it this way, a long journey of good decisions in the direction of the cross, in the direction of Jesus, a long journey of good decisions. Just keep making good decisions uh, with, with the help of the Holy Spirit every day, minute by minute if you have to. Let your lives be built up on him. So don't just grow down, but grow up. It's time for the church of Jesus to grow up. Thank you, Pierre. But really, as followers of Jesus, don't we need to grow up? Let your lives be built on him. It's possible to be deep, to just have roots, but be dead. You can be deep and dead. There are churches that are deep and dead. And, and they know the scripture, and they know the word, and all that sort of thing. But there's no growth coming out of, coming out of their lives. Don't be deep and dead. It's not what you know that makes you grow. It's what you do with what you know that makes you grow. And growing is not just about information. And roots are not just about information. The reason that you grow down deep is so you can grow up. You grow deep so you can grow up. And you can use that, that word build as a, a construction metaphor, or you can use it as a, 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 a tree or a vine that just keeps on growing. Now, my wife, if you don't know my wife, many of you do, many of you don't, but let me tell you a little bit about my wife. She's an addict. Um, she has a renovation problem. She needs to go to Renovators Anonymous, and she, she, can't, she cannot resist a good renovation. She can't help herself. And she, there's always another project. Like she finishes a project and she looks for another one. And she'll find something and she will renovate that. And she loves the transformation that happens in a renovation. She loves things that are, are, uh, have been discarded or abandoned. And, and she loves seeing what they can become. And she's addicted to that, rescuing things that others gave up on. And it, it's just satisfying and challenging, and I find it exhausting and expensive. <laughs> and she loves the thrill of a good renovation. She can't help herself. She's addicted. God loves the transformation in your life. God loves renovating things in your life, and he will, he will find something that can be made better, and he will he will change that and transform that. And then he'll go on to the next project in your life. And he'll change that. And he'll go on to the next project. And he'll change that. And you are just one ongoing, continuing renovation project until you die. Um, God loves to see what you can become. And so build your life on him and in him. And then the third part of that verse is Paul says, then you're 
faith will grow strong. Grow down, grow up, grow strong. What is faith? Faith is your confident belief based on truth that Jesus is the resurrected Son of God. Faith is your confident belief based on truth. It's not once upon a time. Like there are a lot of really good logical, uh, historical, archaeological truths. There are good reasons why we believe in, in Jesus as the resurrected Son of God. Uh, your faith is not because of what your parents believed. It's not because you were raised a certain way or you happen to be born in a certain part of the world. Faith is not going to church or identifying with a particular religion. Faith is your ongoing relationship with Jesus because you believe there was a time in your life when you said, yes, I believe in Jesus. And you not only believed, you received. You said, Jesus, come into my life. And you are growing and you're, you're just following him for the rest of your life. And the Colossians were, were being pressured, right? There were people from this way saying, oh, no, do it, do it this way. And there were people over here saying, hey, let's, let's mix it with some of this. And Paul just says, don't go searching over there. Don't be pulled by this. Jesus is enough. He's all you need. Let your roots grow down in him. Let your lives be built up on him. Then your faith will be strong. He's all you need. And then your life will overflow with thankfulness. You will never regret choosing more of Jesus. If you make a decision today that today from this point on, I'm going to grow until I die, you will never regret choosing more of Jesus in your life. Now, there have been times in my life, and I stand before you this morning, I'm not proud of this, there have been times in my life when I haven't practiced this, and I haven't I've preached it, but wasn't living it and was a hypocrite. There have been seasons in my life where my spiritual growth took a back seat to personal growth or leadership growth or, or whatever. And in those seasons, I can tell you from experience what happens. I ended up empty. I ended up dry. Um, I had nothing to offer other people. And I was far from where as a follower of Jesus, I should be. I stopped leading myself, and I definitely wasn't letting Jesus lead my life. Now, I can't take you as a church, I can't take you where either I haven't been spiritually or I'm not prepared to go, or I'm not willing to go. And I'd like to lead, I'd like to see all of us Get to a place of, of full surrender where there is nothing more important in our lives than our relationship with Jesus. I'd love to see Crosspoint get to a place where the highlight of your week was the Sunday morning church experience, where you were like counting sleeps to get to church. Like where church just didn't, you know, happen if it was convenient or how you woke up or whether it was raining or not. I'm preaching to the choir, you're here in the rain, way to go. You know, but, but where church was the highlight of your week because you couldn't wait to get in here and worship Jesus and celebrate Jesus and, and just stay connected to the vine and be growing spiritually and be excited for what's going on in your life and in the life of your church. Man. 
What would happen? What would happen if 10 people in this room right now decided right now, what would happen if 10 of us decided, I am, I'm going to let, I'm going to let, I'm willing this morning to do whatever it takes to grow spiritually from this point forward. I'm, 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 I'm done with, with, with whatever has happened up to this point. And from this point forward, I want to grow like I have never grown before. I just want more Jesus in my life. What would happen if 10 people did that? What would happen if half of us did that? What if half the people in this room this morning said, I'm, I'm going to grow. Jesus, you come in. Come in like a gardener. Come in like a renovator. Come in like a fire. Come in like a flood. Like, just come in. And you take control of my life, and let's grow. What would happen if half the people in this room did that this morning? What would happen if all of us did? What would happen if October 17, 2021, became a, a, a day, a a, a a, a forever changing day in the history of Crosspoint where every single person who went to church that day rededicated their lives to Jesus and recommitted to growing for Jesus and just got hungry for more of Jesus. And every single person that came to church on that day, they, they woke up or something happened or they were, they were resuscitated by the Holy Spirit, resurrected by the Holy Spirit. And every single person who came to Crosspoint that day said, Jesus, come into my life and let's grow. You just do whatever you need to do. What if the Crosspoint story had a holy turning point on October 17, 2021? We repented of all the things that we've put ahead of God in our lives. We repented of all the junk, garbage that's come into our lives that has really put the lid on our growth as, as, as people, as followers of Jesus. We recommitted, as every single one of us recommitted to prayer, scripture, serving, loving, giving, worshiping, overcoming, and growing, and sending. And collectively, we agreed that we are going, we are going, to grow down and grow up and grow strong and grow out for the glory of Jesus. Now, as this message was on my heart all week, I just kept imagining this moment and seeing these faces and, and wanting to get out here and, and tell you from the depth of my heart that I believe in every single one of you. I really, truly do. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Like, I wouldn't just come up here from Grandma and Ann to speak. I'm here because I believe in every single one of you that's here. And the ch nothing should be able to outgrow the church. And this is a grow up here right now, a grow opportunity for Jesus. And you have a decision to make. I can't make that decision for you. You have a decision to make. Will I let, will I let my roots grow down deep? It's grow time. It's, it's grow time. And what could happen in our city, in our communities, in our homes, in our families? What could happen if every single one of us said, yes, let's go. It's grow time for Jesus. Woo! What would happen if the apathy died today? If the 
duckness-ity of the church died today, if the death, the deadness, what would happen if we all awakened and said, man, God put a fire in my heart on that day. I've never been the same. What would happen? Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you again, God. Boy, you planted this day. You planted this day. And you knew exactly who would be here. And you put this message uh, in my heart and this text. And God, I'm excited. I am, I am wound up and fired up and pumped because I truly believe that every single person in this room will pray a, a, a prayer of rededication, of recommitment, that they'll come back to the way that they started to follow you and they'll continue to follow you that way with that wonder and that joy and, and they'll just pursue you more than anything. So be with us now as we respond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.